0: Terry, joined as always by Allison Aletha. Al, how are you doing today?
1: Pretty good. I'm doing some New Year's cleaning this weekend, so it's nice to have the house all clean. Hope you guys are doing pretty good too.
0: Uh, Yeah, can't complain. Uh, You can never complain when you're also joined by Mr. Corey Richmond uh, of Zelda Dungeon fame and God, I always mess up the the amount of keys. The Player Power Podcast. How you doing, Corey? I'm
2: doing pretty good. (laughs) I, uh, I'm, I'm a little sore. We started doing a little, like, workout regimen thing, so my body's dead, but, uh, mentally I'm all here.
0: You know what? Same here, man. I've been, uh, we bought an elliptical forever ago, and now we've actually started to use it. Brush the dust off. Oh, God. It's, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Like, (laughs) my legs are done. Um, and also, I don't know, have you guys ever played Ring Fit Adventure?
1: I have not.
2: No. I heard it was, it's a good workout, though.
0: So I was I was pretty into it last year, uh, and it is indeed legit. And I'm like I'm waiting to get back into that too, so I can try and get a little bit more, you know, in shape for my wedding. And uh, it's it's not it's not a a floofy kind of worko deal at all. So yeah, my legs are gonna be like super super tired. Uh, this is not here nor there. Uh, we are here today <laughs> to talk about uh, one of our favorite topics on. This show, The Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. That's right. We have uh, an entire episode dedicated to your questions about Twilight Princess. We asked you guys over on Facebook, over on Discord, to pop off with some of your uh, some of your questions. Anything, anything, everything at all. So well, there were there were so many responses, so many questions. We tried to get to them all, but I I don't think we were able to fit all of them in. But I think that we're not going to leave anybody disappointed. There are a lot of questions. I'm thinking that we're going to be going into overtime here. So uh, let's just get right to it, guys, if you're ready. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. So the first question comes from Charles Xavier. He asks, what's your take on Death Mountain's appearance in the game? Also, in your best words, describe what it looks like. All right. This is what it looks like. You know, when... First of all, first of all, Death Mountain isn't like a mountain. It's kind of this weird thing in the sky. Like it's this, it's this indefined shape, like kind of like it's stuck between dimensions or something. It looks like when you open up a can of beefaroni, and the beefaroni is still stuck together in that can shape, but it's not in the can anymore. It's just in your bowl, and it looks really weird. It's like a tower, but it, it looks unnatural because it should just be flowing out with the sauce but it's a it's a beefaroni tower and you know it's not right but you you're gonna eat it anyways because that's what you got that's what death mountain is in twilight princess
1: oh my god, a beefaroni tower
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what they were going for i think
1: <laughs> oh my god um i think it looks like obviously kind of like a dome thing that exploded from a you know an eruption but it kind of gives me like that look like, you know that thing that went viral a couple of years ago where you have, like, the chocolate, like, the chocolate ball, and then you pour the hot chocolate fudge over it, and the chocolate kind of melts the ball? It kind of looks like that. Like, the ball, the top of the ball, melted off. That's what it looks like to me.
2: Yeah, I have no clue what they were going for. I always thought it looks like <laughs> a giant pretzel bun or something. <laughs> I don't know what in the world they were thinking, but.
1: It's very odd. I mean,. There's some history there. Obviously, there was, like, a very traumatic explosion. <laughs> yeah. And it looks very... I, God, I don't even know. It doesn't even look like an, a mountain that ex- exploded. It just looks like a dome beefaroni, I guess.
0: Well, it obviously looks like something that all of us want to eat since we compared it <laughs> <Yep>. to food. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah I don't know it's Fair enough. it's not your granddaddy's Death Mountain that's that's for sure. Fastball one eight one eight eight asks, do you prefer the Wii or the GameCube version of Twilight Princess?
1: Um I think I prefer the Wii version. I I liked I know people are really really dumb on motion controls but I kind of liked how free flowing it was with the Wii mote. Or at least I felt like it was, you know, if you kind of swung it back and forth, you would swing your sword back and forth, and right. it wasn't as, uh, as on point as Skyward Sword. But I just kind of liked it, so I was, I was okay with the Wii version. I know a lot of people aren't, though.
2: Yeah, I like, mm-hmm. I prefer the Wii, Wii version too, mainly just because that's the version that I had. But it's like the motion controls do add just like a little, just a little mini layer of like extra. Hey, here's something else you have to do aside from pushing buttons, and that makes it slightly more fun.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make it three for three, but I, I also never played the GameCube version because I think that, oh. you know, obviously by the time mm. that it came out, the, the Wii was kind of the next big thing, so I'm basing it on more so the Wii U version because that was like the GameCube version and, you you know, you just press A, but I, I think you guys are right. I think it, it did add, even if it wasn't very precise, like in Skyward Sword, just kind of Wiggling your your sword or your Wii mode around was kind of cool, um, especially when you were riding a pona. So I, yeah, I liked it. Um, and I I was not one of those people that was just like, oh my god, Link is right handed. That never was a big deal to me at all. So yeah, I, th- I think the Wii version. Oh, uh, I forgot oh.
1: about that too.
0: <laughs> okay, here we go. You guys can answer first. Uh, Lost in Zelda says, do you think Twilight Princess art style should return in a future Zelda game? Would Andy like Twilight Princess more? Of the art style, was that of Okami? What do you, you think, guys? Corey? You guys can go first.
2: <laughs> I, you know what? I actually really like the art style of this game. Um, I would, I wouldn't mind it coming back. I don't think it has to, but I think if it did come back, they could definitely put some work into it, make it look a little bit more. Because Twilight Princess was probably the first time they ever tried to look at least semi-realistic. And with new technology, I think it could look even better. So I would be open for it.
1: Yeah, I think that um, Twilight Princess, if done today, could look actually pretty good. My my problem with Twilight Princess art style isn't that um, it's like really dark and gloomy looking. My problem is that the characters look really flat, like they're a piece of paper. Like not their bodies, but their features and like the details on them. It always just looks flat and and just dull to me. So I, I think that, you know, if done today, it could be done right. And it probably would look really cool. I would like it.
0: All right. So you can probably guess my answer (laughs) here and let's, let's preface this with saying that the reason that we asked Corey to be on the show this week is because we know that he likes Twilight Princess. And I think that we need someone to, uh, to, to be the tonic to my bitter gin over here. So that being said, no, they no, they shouldn't return. Um, they they tried to upscale them and make them look better in Twilight Princess HD, and that somehow made them look almost. I don't want to say worse, but it, bad, 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 bad. I I don't think so. There are some some interesting models in this game. It's not. It's weird because like it's it's incredibly ugly, but it, it that's more so like, like the direction of the game, like the graphically. The game isn't, like, the total dumps, okay? There are some areas in the game that look all right. It's just, like, every time you're just like, man, this this kind of looks actually nice. Like, when you're up in Zora's domain, you're like, this kind of looks nice. Then you're greeted with the, the, the postman who looks like a deformed <laughs> skeletal mummy hiding behind the podium there, and it just slaps you in the face and reminds you that, good God, this game is ugly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Poor no, post, it shouldn't. Man. It shouldn't Poor return.
1: Postman.
0: Well, I'm sorry, but he looks like a monster. That's an insult to monsters. I don't know what he looks like. He just—it's—it's <laughs> it's so weird. Um, Allison, you—you kind of nailed it. Like the characters, they have this like flat yet angular thing. They—they they look like they—they should be in like Tim Burton's Halloween Town. They—but not in a good way. I don't know. They just look bad. Um, you know what? I—I I think that the art style of Okami worked really well for Okami. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure if that would necessarily translate over. Well, I mean, I guess wind waker is a cel-shaded adventure, much like Okami. Um, so I, I, I guess I'll say, yes, I would have liked it better if it was in that art style. But I think that part of the thing that makes Okami so special is that it's, you know, it's, it's so unique visually.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a long-winded answer. I'm going to try not to uh, to dog on Twilight Princess too much today. Although I think that's what people really want. But I'm going to... Well, let's try and keep this moving here. Um, KB Smith has a couple great questions here. Um, first of them is... Do you think the Cave of Ordeals was a better challenge than the Lanayru Dragons challenge for the Hylian Shield and Skyward Sword? I like the Cave of Ordeals a lot, actually. I think that the concept is cool. Um, yeah, I... I think that uh, if I had to pick, I would pick the Cave of Ordeals. I think it's fun, and it was uh, it was kind of cool, especially in HD, because I think you could level up Wolf Link for Breath of the Wild doing that too, right?
1: Um,
0: yeah, God, I can't it's a,
1: remember. It's
2: it's like Cave of Shadows. It's like Cave of Ordeals, but you're just a wolf.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, either way, I, I kind of like that gimmick.
1: Um, Cave of Ordeals. So Cave of Shadows is the one you do as entirely Wolf Link. Is that what you're saying? It's yeah. been a while since I've done this. Okay, so Cave of Shadows and I have a really, like, hateful relationship. It froze on me on the last floor, and uh, I swore I would never do it again. But Cave of Ordeals, I always like those gauntlet-style kind of um, challenges in Zelda games. I like the Savage Labyrinth in Wind Waker 2. So... I mean, while it's cool being able to fight all the bosses again in Skyward Sword, because I really like fighting all the bosses, aside from, you know, the imprisoned four times. Um, the Cave of Ordeals is cool, because like, it levels up as it goes along, and, you know, you're, it's just kind of like a gauntlet, and I always like those. So, I think I prefer Cave of Ordeals.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm a big fan of enemy gauntlets, and it's basically an enemy gauntlet versus a boss rush, and Cave Mm -hmm. of Ordeals, because it's so many different, you know, it's so many levels and so many different enemies, you really need to be prepared to get through that whole thing, whereas with a boss rush, as long as you're familiar with those, that handful of bosses, you'll probably be fine. I like them Mm -hmm. both, but I definitely prefer Cave of Ordeals, and I think it was a little bit more challenging.
1: Yeah, definitely more challenging.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a perfect way to sum it up. You you kind of already know what to expect with the bosses, and down here it's like, oh god, what am I getting on this floor? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh KB Smith, back with another one. Would you rather we got this question a lot, by the way. Um would you rather see the spinner or the ball of chain make a comeback as an item in Breath of the Wild 2? And which one did you prefer in Twilight Princess? So you know what? I actually, I liked both. I liked both of these items and I liked that they were unique and that we hadn't seen them before. Um, and I know that some people dog on the spinner because it's only used like in the dungeon, but I'm actually like totally okay with that. I I don't think that it needs to necessarily be like used over and over and over again in the overworld. Um, I love the spinner. I think that it was a really fun item. That would be my pick. Uh, tons of people asked us if, if they think that or if we think that the spinner should come back. I would be down for that or, like, some kind of alternative to the spinner because I just, like, yeah, it was fun zipping around and and shooting off things. I had a good time with the spinner. What about you guys?
2: Yeah, I definitely I, – I also really liked both of those items, but I would go with the spinner as well. I'd rather have the spinner come back in Breath of the Wild 2. And more so, I really love jumping, you know, between rails and going on walls and stuff like that. But I think yeah. if it came back, I would want it to – I would want them to change it a little bit so that you could use it as like a mode of transportation in the overworld a little better because like, if you try and use it in like Hyrule field, you'll, you start up and then it stops like 10 feet later and it's like, okay, well, let me just call Epona then.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I feel like this is no, a no brainer. The ball and chain is just way too clunky for me. I prefer the spinner. It's one of my favorite items in the entire series. Um, the Hyrule Warriors uh makes the spinner good for kind of traveling around the map and so I think that's totally possible they could bring it back in that way or it would be kind of cool if like in Breath of the Wild 2 you know we've got all this ancient technology going on with the Sheikah we can have some ancient technology going on um uh from that aspect of Twilight Princess 2 with these like rails everywhere and it would be kind of cool it'd be another mode of like maybe getting up a mountain faster I could totally see those, like, if they go to a different land, seeing those um, around a lot, and I think that would be super awesome.
2: Yeah, Sheikah Spinner. That's a good idea. That sounds awesome. It,
1: there you go. I
0: I think that they could both be practically implemented, too. I was going to say, I think the ball and chain would be a more realistic item for Breath of the Wild too, but, I like, thinking about it, you know, the, the biggest use for the spinner was getting places fast, so, like, Imagine if they had, like, the spinner rails or whatever on mountains, and instead of you having to use your stamina and climb up them, whatever, you can just hop on your your spinner and, like, up you go um, for the mountain. I think that that... I I don't think that it's very likely that it comes back in Breath of the Wild 2, but I, you know, I think that that would be a practical use and, like, a pretty cool Mm -hmm. way to implement that. I could also see ball and chain being used to, like... I mean, in Hebra, there are multiple spots where, um, at least for me, I didn't have any, like, uh, fire stuff, so I just, like threw some wood down, started a fire, and waited for it to melt. So that could be kind of a, a cool item to use as well. So, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, sure. Definitely the spinner, but I wouldn't say it's impossible for either. I think the ball and chain is more likely, though. I will say that.
1: I'm just thinking of jumping back and forth between twin, the Twin Peaks going up on the spinner.
0: Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> um. All right. Our boy Andrew Severs from Zelda Dungeon asked a whole plethora of questions and uh, they were all really great questions so i just included them all so we're gonna go on a little bit of a, a sever spree here but his first question and i'm really interested for your guys's opinion of this before i give mine what is your view on twilight princess legacy in the context of the other two 3d zeldas closest to it in the terms of gameplay and structure and he's referring to ocarina of time and the wind waker is twilight princess strong slash unique enough to be or to stand on its own to the big boys of the series, or will it forever live in Ocarina of Time's Shadow? So, I'm interested to hear what you guys think.
1: I've always, like, um, lumped Twilight Princess and Ocarina of Time together. I, and maybe that's just because I'm not the biggest fan of Twilight Princess, as a lot of people are, and I feel like the big fans of Twilight Princess would say that it's good enough um, to be its own stand-up, you know, on its own, but I feel like Uh, it's just too close to the wind, uh, or not the Wind Waker, sorry, to Ocarina of Time. And I feel like Ocarina of Time is its own thing and the Wind Waker is its own thing, but I don't know about Twilight Princess.
2: Yeah, I feel like Twilight Princess is pretty firmly planted in an era of The Legend of Zelda where the games felt a lot more like guided experiences rather than like huge sandbox exploration things. So I'm talking about like Twilight Princess, both DS games, and then like Skyward Sword, I think kind of capped off that era. Um, I think it is unique enough to stand on its own in that way, that inherently, it's a lot more of like a cinematic and narrative driven experience than something like Ocarina of Time. But I do think Mm -hmm. that kind of reflects in the gameplay, where you don't, there's not a ton of room for exploration you can't do a bunch of stuff in different orders you can't get to certain areas until you do x y and z
0: right um so i was thinking about this question and i think my answer is i think that your view on the legacy of twilight princess completely depends on if you played twilight princess before or after you played ocarina of time um and, and i know that a lot of people their first Zelda game was Twilight Princess, and at the time, it was the best-selling Zelda game on the Wii. Uh, I think it, it had, like, 8 million copies or something like that, so for a lot of people, this was their introduction to Zelda, but to to me, who played Ocarina of Time first, like, I mean, that's just, like, the the standard for everything, right? Like, not, just not even Zelda games, like, almost everything. Like, that's my favorite game. I think it's the best game that's ever been made still, and so to me, I, I'm just like, you know what? Twilight Princess, it has really strong dungeons, it has really strong items and bosses, but I, I do think that it does live in the shadow of, of Ocarina of Time, and, and to be honest, I think that the Wind Waker does as well, but the Wind Waker at least kind of carved a little bit of a unique identity for it with the graphical style, which, you know, is still being used in Zelda today, so I think that its legacy, uh, the Wind Waker's legacy, is that cell shaded tune kind of style, and I'd i don't know that you know i don't know that twilight princess has anything like that it can really hang its hat on maybe to some people they would say that midna is the best companion i wouldn't say that but i know a lot of people do so maybe they can hang their hat on that being the legacy of this game but it, yeah to me i i just kind of view it as like a, i don't know a ocarina of time light to me it's it's ocarina of time but without the charm um And that's maybe that's not being fair, but that's that's always kind of how I've looked at Twilight Princess. So I I do think that it is number three on that list of the three games that he gave us, for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering if the characters maybe are the legacy of Twilight Princess. Maybe not that the game style, it's too similar to Ocarina of Time, but the characters are so well loved. And I mean the villain is really cool. Um and like unique to the Zelda series at the time. So maybe the characters are the ones that have the legacy of Twilight Princess.
2: Yeah, that's that's that kind of goes into what I was saying about like how this is a, much more of a narratively driven experience. There are a lot, there are just a lot more characters that, you know, come into play during the story. So there's a lot more to point to, to be like, oh, I like this character. I like Minda, Midna and her arc, or I like Zant and him as a villain, or I like the resistance and I like the way that they were incorporated stuff like that.
0: Yeah. You know, I, w- I would have pushed back against that a little bit and said like outside of Midna, I don't think that this game has like super strong characters. Um, and I actually, I don't really even like Midna, but I just, at least I don't like her because she, they fleshed out her personality enough where I was just like, I just don't like Midna. So like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe it's legacy is, is probably Midna, but yeah, it, it's just, Um, I, it takes the lowest spot on the pedestal to me, but that's, I mean, that's okay. I think that people that played Twilight Princess before Ocarina of Time would have very similar views of Ocarina of Time. So it just kind of, like I said, it depends on the order that you did them. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's go to Andrew's next question here. Uh, what are your thoughts on the motion controls of the Wii version, especially in the context of hindsight with Skyward Sword and how the two games implemented the motion controls differently? Was Skyward Sword an improvement on every front, or did any of the moves' simplicities in Twilight Princess have advantages over Skyward Sword's complex implementation? So, again, I think that this answer depends on who you ask. Um, If you really dig motion controls, and you're just like, man, I feel really immersed into Skyward Sword by, like, being able to wave my Wiimote and Link is doing exactly what I'm telling him to, I think that the answer is going to be, like, yeah, this was, uh, this was just a, a really weak version of a motion control Zelda game, but I think if you're one of those people that's just like, oh god, I don't want to, like, I don't want to work out when I'm playing Zelda, I don't want to swing my sword back and forth and to and fro, I just want to press A and, like, slash stuff, then I think that the the little Wiimote wiggle that Twilight Princess does is probably more up your alley. I mean, I think we can all agree the motion controls were better in Skyward Sword, it's just a it really is a question of, like, if you want motion controls in your Zelda games or not. Yeah.
2: What do you think, Corey? And I could, I could definitely see an argument being made that, you know, some Skyward Sword's motion controls, I think, by and large, are much more immersive and just lead to, you know, more interesting and interactive combat and gameplay. But that being said, it also kind of sacrifices a little bit of the pace of the game. Because I'm sure all of us have had moments where like, we're fighting a Bokoblin and it seems like they know exactly how to block all of our attacks every time we swing. So that could take fighting one enemy and stretch out that time just much longer than mm-hmm. something like Twilight Princess where you're just blazing through Hyrule Field waggling your Wemo and slicing enemies left and right.
0: <laughs> you know? Uh,
2: so I, I could see an uh... argument being made for both, but I do think Skyward Sword's motion controls are much more immersive and creative, and I think that's just a byproduct of both of these games' developments because motion controls were the forefront of what they were thinking of when they were designing Skyward Sword, and Twilight Princess, it started out being developed without motion controls at all, so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's like, um, it's kind of like those things where they were just testing the waters uh, with Twilight Princess's, uh motion controls. They were kind of like, let's see you know if people actually like this and then they went and times it by a thousand for skyward sword i wouldn't ever 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 want twilight princess to be anything like skyward sword in the sense of motion controls just because that's like that's what part of skyward swords identity and part of the its gimmick and its its game so i i like the the simplicity of it in twilight princess i think it's just the right amount in my opinion Um, I enjoyed it and it set me up for Skyward Sword but yeah maybe Andy you had a point with the last question is like maybe it just depends on what game you played first even if you even played Skyward Sword because the motion controls were something you couldn't handle you know that sort of thing but I I like the motion controls in Twilight Princess and I wouldn't want them to be anything more than what they are
0: all right uh, let's keep it going here. Uh, Andrew's next question is, I know Andy's detest of Twilight Princess's textures and graphics are something of a meme at this point, but I wonder what your opinion is generally of the art style itself. Twilight Princess's art style is one of the most anime-looking of all the Zeldas and of all the Zelda games. Personally, I usually have a well-defined feelings on the art style, but Twilight Princess's somewhat eludes me as I can't really nail down how I feel about it. I wonder how you feel. Listen. Listen. I, I know that it's a meme, but it's like, I just, I, I hate it. I hate it. I'm so sorry. I just, I hate it there. There are some characters that look cool with the art style that Twilight Princess has chosen. I think that, um, I think that Zant looks cool. I think Ganondorf looks cool. Um, even Zelda looks cool. However, like they're, they're, everyone else, if I had to use a word, it would be like deformed. I think that it just looks, all the character models look deformed and weird and just charmless to me. And I, like they're, it's like they're going for like this Tim Burton y kind of a, kind of a gimmick, but it, it just, it doesn't do it for me. Um, I don't think that the game's areas look particularly like, colorful, I've always thought that they look dull, I always thought that, like, the, it's weird, like, it's weird how this paradox of, like, this game can be dull and colorless, but at the same time, when you're in the Twilight Realm, it's just, like, this gnaringly bright light that's hitting your eyes, it's just, like, this weird, it's this weird mix of all of these bad things, and, yeah, I, uh, uh, what oh what can I say? I just it's it's not for me. I think it's I think it's ugly. I'm trying not to swear. There's a word I want to use. You could probably guess what it is. It's the drizzling. You know what is what I would say.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, my thing is like it's like reading a book, and the author decided that all the main characters are the ones that are super pretty, super good looking, and the rest are just eh, and that's boring to me. So like, I I just it's so flat and i wish like i understand like you've got some npcs that don't really matter so you're not going to spend as much time on them as you are as the main characters um but like overall the entire like like looking at it it's just it's not my cup of tea i think that it could look better i think like i think the base is good i'll I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but I think like the foundation is good. I think the idea they were going for it is awesome and I I think they could improve upon it. That's why when I answered earlier about it coming back, I think they could bring it back and I think they can make it amazing.
2: Yeah. So, here's here's my thing. Here's my big swing for you, Andy. I it's funny that you mention, you know, like Tim Burton style, you know, Zelda game, that's what this was going for. That's actually something that I mentioned to Goo back when we were ranking uh, the art styles of The Legend of Zelda. And in this game, I don't think it's a stretch to say that graphically, the graphics and the textures, sometimes they don't look weird. Sometimes the characters look a little bit flat like their features. Sometimes the environments don't look perfect. But I think it would not be entirely accurate to say that the art style of this game is uninspired. At the very least, they were clearly going for something, and I think it is that kind of surreal, bizarro, Tim Burton's Legend of Zelda type thing, where all of the characters have really weird proportions. Uh, a lot of the environments, like especially in the Twilight Realm, stuff like that, there's really surreal colors, and this there's this weird foggy essence to a lot of that. And personally, for me, I actually really like that. My qualms with how it looks are pretty much solely graphically. And I think that is something that will always improve with time as the technology gets better. But that, <laughs> that, that surreal, weirdo, kind of strange art style, I definitely think it was intentionally you know, implemented in that way. I think they were definitely inspired to try something like this. And I think even if you think the characters look ugly, I don't think you can deny that they were clearly going for something. And if that, you know, if visually you just don't like it and it just doesn't work for you, there's not really anything to be said for that. But I definitely appreciate what they were going for, at least.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you do make a good point. They were clearly going for some kind of an art style, and... I. I don't know. I don't think I've ever said that it was uninspired, but uh, if if I did, I just like at least they were going for something. It was just like this was like playing kickball and somebody gives it to you and you bunt and then you trip over the ball and land on your face, your face and break your nose. Like that that's what this is to me. Like they were going for something and they just they just didn't pull it off. You know what I mean? And uh you know what? I, I Everyone out there that loves this, I'm so happy for you. But yeah, this uh, th- it ain't. This ain't the one for me. This ain't the one. <laughs> um, all right, let's keep it going here because we have a ton of questions left, and we are we are already running long. Um, Andrew's back with another one. Considering the game in isolation and not comparing it to any other Zelda game, what do you think is Twilight Princess's weakest attribute as a game, graphics aside, and its strongest? So. I, I'm going to answer with the strongest and then I'm going to turn it over to you guys because I still want time to consider my weakest. But I think that its strongest attribute is its boss fights. I think that Twilight Princess has consistently excellent boss fights from uh, Armor goma to uh, who's the who's the one that you fight in the very first uh, temple, the forest temple. I can't remember, but he's, Diababa. he's really fun. Diababa. Diababa, yeah. He's really fun. I, I To be honest, I can't think of one... That's not really that fun. And the mini boss fights are generally really excellent too. So I think that, uh, oh, oh, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention the ending sequence of the game, which is phenomenal. So I think that's its strongest. Uh, I'm going to let you guys go first because I might just steal one of your answers for the weakest. I'm not sure. (laughs) What do you
1: think, Corey?
2: I would say strongest for me, I'm kind of torn either between dungeons or just the world in general. I really, I really like the world of Twilight Princess and the way that it feels like, you know, this is this is a world that would function whether or not you're playing this video game or not. It feels like whether or not Link is there, these are towns that exists with people doing daily things. If you didn't go to Hyrule Castle, it would still always be bustling, hustling, and bustling. Iza would still be running her rapid ride up at the top of, you know the Zora river. And I just really love the way that they implemented all of the locations and all of the NPCs into the world. It makes it feel really alive to me. Um, and I actually do think that the dungeons kind of factor into that a little bit too, because they feel like real world locations in the world of twilight princess. Mm. And then I would say the weakest would probably be to generalize it as like a big game attribute maybe like the the padding and specifically i'm kind of talking about like the tears of light sections and the the wolf link sections they kind of feel like they stretch out artificially the length of the game a little bit
1: um i would say I, i also really like the boss fights but i'll 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 go a different direction for the strongest attribute being maybe the combat. I really like the different, um, hidden skills that you can get. And then you can kind of incorporate it into your fighting style with the different enemies, like the ones that have the weaknesses to a specific hidden skill. So I like getting the hidden skills and being able to use them. Um, and so I feel like that's probably one of the strongest things. The weakest for me, and one of the reasons that I don't often play Twilight Princess, don't often boast uh, or you know sing its praises, is because it constantly feels like a chore. I like to enjoy playing video games, and sometimes I feel like I'm just doing something in Twilight Princess just to get it over with, like the Tears of Light, like some of the dungeons. Not every dungeon is that bad, but most of them are, in my opinion, so I don't like feeling like I'm doing something just to get it over with. I want to enjoy almost all parts of it. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's going to be some parts I won't really care about, but with this game, it's pretty much a huge majority of it that I don't care about, (laughs) so... That's the weakest yeah. for me. I,
0: I was I was thinking, and I'm going to kind of steal your, both of your answers, but combine them into one. I think that the weakest aspect of this game is the lack of momentum that you continually accrue. And, like, you know, there are portions, like in Wind Waker, everybody complains about the Triforce uh, peace quest or whatever, but, like, in Twilight Princess, you need to do something like that constantly. Like, let's start at the beginning of the game. If you have never played Twilight Princess, it probably takes you, like, uh, and probably an hour and a half to get out of Ordon village, which is like ridiculous. Like you have to fish, you have to shoot owls at at monkey baskets. And it's like, this is not fun. You have to herd goats twice. It's not, it's not fun. And then you have to do the, the tears of light sections, which are uh, awful. They're, they're, they're awful. And I know that I can hear people already being like, well, silent realms and skyward sword. To me, those are fun. And, and full of tension, and I like those a lot, but like collecting the tears of light is just dreadful, I think. Um, and then further in the game, when you need to go and activate all of the uh, the stones to get the dominion rod working, it's just like this it, there's always something that you need to do, and it, it bogs down like the pacing and the momentum of the game, I guess. Um, so that would be my answer. I have another answer that I feel like you're gonna pull your hair out at, Corey, but I'm just gonna <laughs> shoot my shot here. Uh, I don't think Twilight Princess is very strong music. Oh. Woof. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. I'm so sorry. Well, you know I just I d I, I think don't. There
2: might be you might just have like a little something wrong with your eardrum or something. Maybe you're just not
0: hearing it right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're not hearing it right, Andy. Oh,
0: <laughs> uh, I well that's I, I, I thought I thought there might be a call disconnected when I said that, so we're <laughs> we're ahead. We're ahead. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, overall,
1: maybe not the best music, but it definitely has some gems in there.
2: Music is a conversation uh, for another day. I love the soundtrack
1: okay. of Twilight Princess, but yeah.
0: S- send your hate tweets to at and Aletha and tell her what you <laughs> what? think of me. Wow. Uh, all right, let's keep Scapegoat. it going. Catherine asks, do you think there's a possibility of Twilight Princess getting a sequel? Does it deserve one? And how would you feel about the return of Midna or Zant or the Twilight Realm in general? All right, so... Do I think there's a possibility of Twilight Princess getting a sequel? No. I would say, like, I would say never say never, but I would say no. Um, Does it deserve one? I mean, that's very subjective. To me, I don't think so. Like, you told your story. It was, you know, it was what it was. Um, I I don't think that there is a need to bring back Midna or Zant. The one thing I would say is that if you brought back the Twilight Realm, I could maybe live with that because we know that it's a location in the Zelda universe. We know that it's there. Uh, we do know also that the the entryway, the mirror into the Twilight Realm, has been destroyed. So you'd have to get around that. But I would be like, I guess, okay if they brought the Twilight Realm back. I I don't think that Midna or Zant needs to come back. That would be that'd be cheap. Um, and that would be kind of going back on a, you know, what a lot of people think is a great way that they went out. So yeah, uh, to me the answer is no.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'll I'll try and keep this relatively short. I don't think, I think Nintendo's in the business of making whatever the heck game they want to make. I don't think (laughs) they very often think, hey, remember that game we made like 15 years ago? Let's make a sequel to that. I don't think that's super likely. It's definitely not outside of the realm of possibility. And if it happened, I would probably be totally on board, but I, I don't think it's necessary or likely.
1: That's actually surprising because I think it's a no-brainer to make a sequel to Twilight Princess. It was such a successful game for Nintendo. It's got a really good, solid foundation lore-wise. Like, you've got a really liked character in there. I don't think Zant could ever come back. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Um, but that isn't a Ganondorf dies all the time. So, never mind about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Minna could totally come back. I, But maybe you can have, like, a different um a different character not midna because andy's right there is like a point where you know you say goodbye and you should just kind of leave it at that it was very emotional and maybe you should leave it at that at that but maybe there could be a descendant of midna who meets a new descendant of link or whatever in a future game um the twilight realm could totally come back um i just i think i feel like there's a good solid amount of content and material there that they could totally make another game out of it and they could bring back the art sale with new technology and make it look better
0: Oof, yeah I, let's just I, move on okay <laughs> Oof. Uh, okay milky jp asks do you think we will ever see any kind of villains similar to zant and if so would you like them to play a bigger role in the game uh, so my answer to you, Milky, is I feel like we've seen numerous villains that are kind of like Zant. Because I feel yeah. like, yes. I feel like Yuga was pretty much exactly like Zant, where like he's kind of a conduit to bring back uh, Ganon. I feel like you could potentially lump Ghirheim in that role a little bit. Uh, you could, you could definitely lump Asturd into that role <laughs> from Age of Calamity. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that at the core, we've seen a lot of villains that are like Zant and like the only, the only really other personality trait that Zant had was he was kind of like bonkers when you fought him. But I mean, outside of that, he doesn't have much personality, at least to, to me. What say you?
2: Yeah. Similar structurally in the way that they act as a conduit or like a servant that's reviving their master. I do think we have already seen, you know, villains that are similar. Um, and I actually also think that he plays a pretty big role in Twilight princess as it is. So, um, I like Zant, so if you're talking about characteristics-wise, I think it would be cool to see another villain like him. I guess, but yeah, I
1: I would like to see a a villain like him that has no connection with Ganondorf or Ganon whatsoever, because that's kind of how I felt about him for the you know first three quarters of the game. Is that I didn't really feel like he had that connection. He was the usurper king. he was mm-hmm. the one with this power. He was this really scary, imposing creepy a f dude you know and then and then you just like realized that there's a puppet master behind it all. So, like, yes, we've had that storyline before, but I would like to see a Zant where it's just the guy, just the usurper guy trying to take over everything, maybe a new big bad for the Zelda universe besides Ganon and Ganondorf as much as I love the guy. But, yeah, I would like to see that and not have the connection.
0: So, hold on. Kind of like Vody?
1: <laughs> there you go. Yes.
0: There you go. All right, well, let's follow up with that question. Adriel... Asks uh, a really good question. Shout out to Adrielle, by the way. I think that people really dug her, uh, cyberpunk ideas on our episode a few weeks ago. Um, she asks, do you think this would have strengthened or weakened Twilight Princess's storyline if Ganondorf was gone and Zant was the main antagonist? So I think that the answer is both. Um, it would have, it would have weakened it superficially in the way that like you don't have your big main event draw you know, the name, like, the bad guy, like, Ganondorf, like, that's your villain, that's who, that's who people know, um, but I think that you could have, I, I think that it would have strengthened, and maybe you could have created a, a bad guy number two with Zant, and, or even if you just, like, had this one-and-done story with him, he didn't, he didn't necessarily have to have, like, a three-game arc like Vody did, but, like, just tell a really compelling story with Zant, um, maybe flush his character out a little bit more, I think that, I think that in the long run, that would have, that would have helped. Uh, I understand why they put Ganondorf in the game, but I mean, they also did basically the same thing in the Wind Waker where they kind of broke the glass and put Ganondorf in there as the big bad guy. So I, yeah, I don't know if they needed to, to do that in this game. I understand why they did, but I think that, um, I think that over time people would have looked back at Zant a lot more fondly if he was like the man in this game and not just kind of the, the puppet as it were.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, I, it, I think that Zant, if he had been more fleshed out as um as the main antagonist without Ganondorf there, he could have had a really epic end se- end sequence like we do with Ganondorf. Like, don't get me wrong, I that's probably my favorite portion of the game is fighting Ganondorf at the end. But I think that, um, I think that Zant's kind of final boss battle with him is kind of half assed and like. It's It was rushed so that we could fight Ganondorf instead. So I think that if Ganondorf wasn't there, we could have had something really epic with Zant. And you're right, he doesn't need like a bunch of games. He could just have the one, and it could have been an epic defeat, and it would have been awesome.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I have trouble answering this question without knowing what Twilight Princess without Ganondorf would look like. If, if it would be the same game except Zant replaces Ganondorf, I think that would weaken it. Because I actually really... I, I No matter how you feel about, you know, the Ganondorf reveal, I actually still think the climax of this game plays out really well. And I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah, if they reworked it somehow to give Zant even more character and give him a really cool, epic ending, yeah, it probably yeah. could have strengthened it.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. If it was just a one-for-one one replacement, it, it would have sucked. But, like, imagine if um, at the end of the game when you go into the the palace of twilight that's just like the final boss and and instead of you know maybe we kind of have hyrule castle the dungeon almost as it is but it's like twilight if that's not a word but you know what i mean it's like <laughs> yeah. it's now it's like the twilight castle instead of like hyrule castle like that could have been pretty cool i think yeah that and been you cool. would have had to change Zant's um boss battle because he's just kind of a crazy amalgamation of all the other boss battles but yeah, I don't know. It, it It could have it could have been cool. Yeah,
1: could have. But I am glad off.
0: that uh, that Big Daddy Ganon was there because that was an <laughs> awesome, awesome sequence. And
2: Ganondorf in that oh. game looks sick too. Just gonna say
1: he does. It's probably one of my favorite designs of Ganondorf.
0: Yep, yep. He looks good. Uh, I will I will be the first to admit that. Um, okay, let's keep it going, Corey. I'm interested in your opinion on this. Uh, Chevy Wolf Twenty asks, "Do you think Wolf Link was used to its full potential? Because I sure don't." What
2: do you think? So I, uh, the short answer is no. Definitely wasn't used to its full potential. I don't mind or dislike playing as Wolf Link, but I feel like with the amount that you use him and in the sections that you use him, it's, it's definitely not used to its full potential. Most of the time when you're playing as Wolf Link, you're just running around the map trying to find small bugs, hit them once, <laughs> collect a tear of light, And then move on. Um, Chevy Wolf mentions uh, using Wolf Link in Arbiter's Grounds. I think that was fantastic as well. I think we should have gotten more of that. And even just in the vein of Wolf Link in general, I think they probably could have improved how the Wolf Link combat works. Because it's definitely a little bit less compelling than... Like using hidden skills with your sword and doing a using a bunch of items and stuff as regular human, like mm. so. I definitely think they could have done a bit a bit more. Uh What
1: about, what
2: about
1: yeah. you, Al? Yeah, I um, I feel like Wolf Link is kind of attributed for me to those chore-like positions or parts of the game because you know it's with the Tears of Light and stuff that I don't want to do. So I'm like, uh, I had to change into Wolf Link. But I think what they could have done better is like incorporated that form into puzzles more like they did with, you know, A Link Between Worlds where you have to, you know, morph into a wall, take a different form to solve a puzzle, or um, um, like uh, the Spirit Temple in Ocarina of Time where you have to use the child and adult link to complete the temple. I feel like if that was done better throughout the entirety of the game, not in just parts, where you kind of were like, oh, I can actually get to here with this form of link, or I can get to here with this form of link, you know, and use it to solve puzzles. But it would have been, uh, a, it, the concept would have been used better that way, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. Uh, Okay, I think you guys kind of sold me, because I, I was going to say, I think that it was fine the way that it was, because, um, I mean, I don't know, like, how many times can you like dig something or, you know, smell something and follow a scent. Um, to me, right. it's just like, if you did that any more than they already did, like it would have been repetitive. But I I mean, I guess, in one sense, I, I agree with you guys, like it's, it's very limiting in the way that um, you fight as Wolf Link. But then again, like, I feel like, well, typically, it doesn't, the game doesn't put you in like a ton of positions to like truly, truly fight as Wolf Link. Like, yes, you have the the port there are the portions where like the uh, the Twilight dudes fall from the sky and you got to take them out. But those are almost more like puzzles than fights. It's it's a puzzle of like how do I get all these guys dead in one like in one move. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I I think that for me it was more or less fine. I just like didn't enjoy it, and I don't know what would have like if they would have added a bunch of more combat options. I think I still wouldn't have enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Um, See, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's also that I like played Okami around the same time. And I was like, man, that, that, now that's how you fight as a wolf. But I, I don't know. I, I thought that it was like, like, I don't know what more they could have added to, to Wolf Link to make it more fun for me. Cause like, I, I just like, didn't think it was that fun. And I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what they could have done to change that, but I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Uh, well, I guess we won't see it's already signed. but you know, <laughs> all right, David, has a two-part question here. David Nystrom. First of all, Andy, can you say one redeeming thing about the art style or would you burst into flames if you did? All right. So here's my, here's my answer to you about... Here's the nicest thing I can say about the art style about Twilight Princess. It is not the art style of Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. Uh, his second question <laughs> <Whoa>. is... <laughs> the Resistance group formed in Telma's Bar is one of the coolest things in any Zelda game to me, but they're tragically underused. How would you improve their involvement in the story? Have them help Link lay siege to Hyrule Castle, enter temples of Link, etc, etc. Alright, so I think that we actually already have the perfect blueprint for how the resistance should have been used. And that is in the form of the champions in Breath of the Wild, where they... And and I'm talking about the new champions and the old champions. So, like, with the new champions, all of them help you get into their respective dungeons, but they don't actually interfere or step on your toes while you're in the dungeons I think that that's probably the level that we would have wanted to see the resistance at in twilight princess. Cause they're like, they're such nothing characters. Like they have no, they have no story. They have no personality to them. Like the, the most bare bones. Right. So I think that as is, that's all that we should have seen is like, maybe they help you get to, uh, I don't know the, the mansion or like the arbiters grounds or something like that. Um, maybe if we would have fleshed them out a little bit more, and had more character to those characters, they they could have had a bigger role. But uh, yeah, I, I think that the the new champions from Breath of the Wild is a nice is a nice kinda blueprint for how they should have been done. Um, and, and maybe they could have helped you a lot more in in Hyrule Castle. I know they show up in that one cutscene, but maybe they could have helped you like break in or something. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I actually I actually don't Mind, I think that would be cool if they did that more like the champions. But I actually also don't really mind how they were used in the main story. I thought they were okay. Um, If I were to add more stuff for them, it would actually be like side content. Because I like how they each have their own individual chapters where it's like, oh, Shad is waiting for you over here, and then you got to go help him do something. I think it would have been cool if sometimes when you go back to Telma's Bar... More of them are missing. There's only like one of them there. And he's like, Oh, Russell is off helping some people over in the Elden region and you go over and meet him and it activates a side quest. I think that would have been cool. There would have been really cool opportunities to do a lot more stuff in the world with
0: them. If Twilight Princess was a game made within the last five years too, like almost for sure it would it would have that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um yeah, I honestly always forget about them. <laughs> like they 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 don't do a lot. They're very minimal in helping you reach the next region of the game. It's very small. So it would be cool if if they were like the new champions and kind of helped guide you along to get there or if they didn't know themselves they would kind of like why isn't Shad going around getting the 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 written pieces with you? Like I don't get that. So <laughs> you Lazy. know, poor Shad. Um, <laughs> exactly. So it kind of just feels like they're like, yeah, we're a resistance, but you're our guy that does everything for us. So it would be nice if they did a little bit more, had a little bit more, um, involvement in how you got to places, got specific things to get to those places, um, side content to learn more about them and their, their backstory. I know what's her name, Ash or something, Ash? Ashay, uh, what's something like that, Ashay. Okay, she has, she sounds like she has an interesting little backstory, and I would like to know more about her. So, yeah, it's just, I, I, they're, they are tragically, mis- uh, like, not used enough. And I, they're so not used enough that I forgot they existed until this conversation.
0: Hey, Allison, talk about a shady resistance. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: poor, poor Ah, <shy>. uh,
0: Nathan <laughs> asks... How does Andy feel about the art style of Twilight Princess? I see what you're trying to do, Nathan, and I'm not going to fall for it. (laughs) I am not going to fall for it. Uh, Brian Bain asks, It seems to me that Twilight Princess is a very love-it-or-hate-it title for most fans. Why do you think so? I disagree with that assertion, actually. I think that there's a very, very, uh, maybe vocal, maybe not so vocal, but... It's the minority of people that don't like Twilight Princess. I think like yeah. uh, Twilight Princess is one of the most beloved Zelda games among Zelda fans because, like I said earlier, it's a, it was a lot of people's first Zelda game. So I disagree with that. I think that the the overwhelming majority of people love Twilight Princess, and you know, for the for the people that don't, I think that maybe it's just because uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of the game's aesthetics, maybe it's, it's just, it's too long, I think, there's, you know, somebody lit me up for saying this, but I think that there's too many dungeons in Twilight Princess, um, it's all the, the stuff in the momentum that, like, there is no momentum, so I don't know, maybe that's why, but yeah, I, I don't think that people hate Twilight Princess as much as, you know, maybe we kind of have fun with, uh, joking around on this show.
1: Yeah, you just kinda hear us on this show and then you're like, Oh, some a lot of people really hate it. I don't think so. I and I'm thinking of um our staff uh that we do like these events every year where you've got the best Zelda ever, where Twilight Princess almost always gets really high up there. Um you've got the musical March Madness where almost always a Twilight Song a Twilight Princess song is really high up there and winning. You've got the dungeons where almost always there's a dungeon from Twilight Princess that's really high up on the list. Like, it's... it's uh,
0: definitive constant. ranking, Twilight Princess is number one right now, I think.
1: Yeah, so, like, it's constantly high up on the majority of Zelda fans' list in terms of all of those things, so I think it is a very, like, minimal part of the fandom that does not like Twilight Princess, and even at that, we can still say things, like, Andy and I can still say things that we like about the game and we enjoy about the game, and... So even then, I don't even think that a lot of people actually truly hate it.
2: Yeah. Um, I think it's a—personally, I think it's a little bit more divisive than that. I definitely think on a general scale, like the general fandom and just general people who have played video games, I think it's incredibly popular. Um, But just seeing, like, at least within our community, the the people that dislike it versus people that like it, I think— one of the reasons why it might be divisive or might be disliked by some people is kind of that it's a game that was basically born out of, like, precedence. It was pretty much, like, the art style and the approach were pretty much an immediate response to the negative criticisms of Wind Waker being super cartoony and kiddish. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's also the spiritual successor to ocarina of time and it's what people wanted when they saw that 2000 space world demo of like a more realistic link and ganondorf fighting it off so in that vein it's kind of begging to be compared to ocarina of time which i don't know if you guys know this ocarina of time pretty popular game so that's probably not the best idea to (laughs) intentionally make it so that you you know you're begging to be compared to a game like that so I think that might be yeah. why some people dislike it is because they immediately think of Ocarina of Time or they immediately think of The Wind Waker.
0: Yeah, very well said, very well said. Um, you know what, to Allison's point too, um, I I don't hate Twilight Princess. Like it's it's one of my least favorite Zelda games, but if I were to rank my like my top 10 Wii games, like Twilight Princess would be in the running for like the top half of the list, right? Like it's still a, a very very good video game. It's just like, you know, where the, the more expertise you have on Zelda, maybe the more critical you are and and more you compare it to the other things that you do like of the series. So, yeah, um a lot of a lot of good points, great question from uh, from Brian there. Um okay, let's uh let's keep it moving here. Um you know what, we're we're running long, but I'm in the mood to go into overtime. I don't know about you guys.
1: Let's do it. Sure. Let's keep going. Let's do it.
0: We got we got a bunch to finish off here, so let's just power through. Um Meg asks, "Do you think there's a possibility of Twilight Princess getting a switch port anytime soon?" I think that there's a great possibility of that happening. I I think that there's like a very very good odds of that happening. Yeah.
2: I could yeah. I could see it happening. I mean, to be honest, like with a lot of these is this gonna get ported? Is this gonna get remastered? I'm kind of more in the mindset of like we shouldn't expect it, but at the same time, I would not be
0: surprised at all. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I I, be I'm surprised. not like I, I'm not like holding my breath. But if somebody said to me like, you know what, for Nintendo or for Zelda's thirty fifth anniversary, Nintendo is gonna bundle up Wind Waker HD yeah. and Twilight Princess HD and sell it to people, like. I'd be like, okay, I I could believe that. Like, that doesn't sound ridiculous to me.
2: Yeah, I'd say I'd say chances uh, are best this year, especially because of the 35th yeah. anniversary.
0: It, yeah, and I mean, they already remade the game, so I mean, it's just wham, bam, slam, put it on that cartridge and, and get it out. Uh, I, I do think that they'd have a hard time selling Twilight Princess HD for full price on the Switch after, you know, they sold it for full price on the Wii U. Maybe that's just me, but uh, I could see it coming to the switch as part of like a bundle or something, uh, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did either. So there you go. Um, kinda... okay. This is kind of a weird question from Chris and, uh, I'll, Alison, I'll let you go first here. Okay. I've always been curious about why Menda speaks in scrambled English. It's certainly an interesting choice, but seemingly a lot of effort spent recording her lines just for them to end up unintelligible anyways. What do you think?
1: I think they were uh trying their hand at voice acting <laughs> i like yeah. that's the simple answer answer you know if they had had her voice acted just Midna, you know that would have been odd, and then they would have had to spend a lot more money getting uh voice acting for the rest of the characters, and you know a lot more time developing that so I feel like it was them trying their hand um and plus they were trying this more realistic art style too, so maybe they were trying to incorporate you know, the voice acting so that it felt more realistic in that sense as well. But I think this is them trying their hand at it and seeing how it would go over with fans.
2: Hmm. I actually, you know, my preference would be that they go full voice acting, but if they don't, I think this is the way to go. I think it's really cool to be honest yeah. because it's a really good way to give Midna a voice without actually having to get a voice actress to record paragraphs of dialogue, you know? Like, we all know what Midna sounds like without her saying a full word to us, and I think that's cool.
0: Yeah, you know what? I I don't disagree, actually. And when I read this question, I had to reread it a few times, because I was like, scrambled voice acting? What are you talking about? And then, like, when I was like, okay, well, I guess she does have that kind of you know, whatever it is in the, in the background of her, of her voice. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, don't all the Twilight have that? Um, and I, I still don't know. Someone out there can correct me, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of cool. It, it, like, I, like Corey said, like, if you're not doing full voice acting, like it's a way to make her sound distinct and unique. And I mean, they did the same thing with Fee and Skyward Sword. Um, so I, I, think that that worked well for for both of those cases so yeah i mean I, I like it um if you know if you ain't gonna have the the full meal then provide a, a cool alternative and i think that this was it so yeah but a good question though
1: you know what uh, okay Quick thought though they had it in wind waker at the very end when the king was making his wish he was talking they had a yeah. voice acted
0: yeah oh yeah yeah
1: yeah He's that's like, right you know <laughs> i always make fun <laughs> it's of it exactly what I know. <laughs> and and it's happened before. So, I don't know, maybe they were just they they were just you know, evolving basically through the games.
0: Yeah. It, like it didn't seem that weird to me when I heard Midna do it. It that's why I had to reread it cuz I was like, "Oh, okay." Uh it, sure. It is
2: really cool if you get the chance like go look up there there are some people that like descramble it so you can actually hear the line and it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I had no idea that they actually like recorded the words and then like scrambled them. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kinda cool. Um okay, so Matthew asks kind of a neat question. How did Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf get their pieces of the Triforce? The sages only say some divine prank that Ganondorf got the Triforce of power. Um I I don't know. To me to me it always seemed that like you know and I think Ocarina of Time lays this pretty bare where like the particular piece of Triforce will go to that person who really, you know, their personality resonates with that particular piece. So, like, when Ganon, being the one that actually physically touches the Triforce, I mean, that's how he got his piece of Triforce. But, like, it's it's kind of interesting to think that maybe even if he hadn't, you know, he has such a longing for power that he would have got that piece anyways. So, like, it, it can be... It, I, I kind of like the idea that the Triforce doesn't necessarily differentiate between good and bad, but like it just it goes to like this person who has such a a will for power that it's just unfortunate that he's a bad guy. But I mean, if you if you go back to Ocarina of Time, it I mean it's literally just because Ganondorf touches the Triforce.
1: I have a better question for you. Why it it's so funny every time I, I start Twilight Princess? I think this. How come Link has never looked it down at his hand and been like, "Huh, that's a weird birthmark"? Because you can clearly see it on his hand at all points at the beginning of the game, um, before it starts to glow from the tail. It's
0: probably because everything else is so ugly in this game. He's like, <laughs> "Oh, well, that looks normal."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered that. I'm like, it's so clearly there. But, anyways, I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a real answer for this because they always do. I guess, like, they always are the people that wind up with the Triforce pieces. And it's not really a divine prank because, like I said, Gandorf is always one of the people that winds up with one the piece of powers. So it's just... It's kind of one of those things where I don't feel like they have to explain it because we know at this point from so many games in the past that these are the three characters that get the Triforce pieces.
2: Yeah, I, th- I, I do think there is actually, like, established lore. Like, for all the lore masters out there, I, th- I think there is, like... Established lore in some manual or something that says something about, like, if no one physically has the Triforce, then, like, the pieces basically get distributed to whoever's whoever represents that shard of the Triforce the best. And I think the yeah. Divine Prank, I think that might specifically be in reference to the fact that, like, Ganondorf gets this power, like, right when he's about to get executed. And that's like why he lives or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, like you said, like the lore masters out there can, can bury me if I'm wrong, which I totally could be, but I'm pretty sure in Ocarina of time, they say verbatim. Like if a man who touches the Triforce does not have a pure heart, the Triforce has a safeguard in which it will break apart. And then that the Triforce only stays with the, or the part of the Triforce only stays with the man who has the bad heart who and basically what yeah. he believes in most is what stays with him, and that's how we got the Triforce of Power. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that they say that verbatim.
2: And and then the I mean, obviously not in the word jumble yeah. that
0: I just said, but you know, <laughs> in a much more eloquent way. <laughs> You're right. I might as well have been talking like the king, like. <laughs> 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 Love so yeah, it. there we go. All right, let's God, let's let's keep it going here. Um, Aaron asks, "Do you think that Midna?" Will ever make a reappearance in a future game? They kind of teased it at the end of the game, but she did shatter the mirror. We kind of answered this question earlier. I'm gonna say no. I I don't think that that we'll see Midna again. That would be like when uh, when Shawn Michaels came out of retirement last year. It was really sad. It was really pathetic. We, you know, what he went out on such a good way. So did Midna. Let's just let's leave her be. Yeah, yeah I, agree.
1: I mean, I would like I would like to see her come back, but you're right. It's kind of like it's kind of like making a show go on for 15 seasons and if you're a fan of that show you know what i'm talking about um but like you end it when you end it and it's a good ending so leave it as it is
0: are you are you throwing shade at walking dead is that what I'm you're throwing, throwing shade, shade at,
1: at supernatural
0: <laughs> oh supernatural they're still making uh what's that god what's that show called Grey's anatomy that's yes. still, still yeah on. that's still 16
1: going. 17 seasons long
0: good god uh, yeah, the, Midna coming back would be like Grey's Anatomy season 27, it'd be just <laughs> it's unnecessary. Um, I don't even know if I should ask this cause I, I didn't do my research into this question, but, uh, and just in case you guys did, Sebastian asks, does Midna's lament in the light world dungeon theme from a link to the past sound similar to anyone else? I can't, I can't picture what the light world dungeon theme is off the top of my head. If it's the generic dungeon theme that you hear, I would say no but maybe I'm not thinking of the right one.
2: There's like, there there's one tiny section where like the notes ascend in a similar way, but I would say by and large, no, they don't sound similar to me.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either because one of my favorite parts of Midna is her theme. I like that she kind of hums it in the game um, and I find myself humming it like a lot in my life. So, and I can't even for the life of me remember the sound of a Link to the Past dungeon world so, all right well so that answers your question <laughs>
0: especially I'm sorry that we uh that we answered your question so poorly here uh speaking of poor questions let's go on to another one Logan asks why were the Zora so damn hot in Twilight Princess <laughs> now I just did a, a google image search here and he ain't wrong actually <laughs> like these Zoras are uh, you know what we can we can say what we want about the ugliness of all the rest of the characters in this game but uh, Queen Ritala and some of the Zora NPCs—they're looking pretty good. Yes. But you know what? Zoras usually are pretty attractive yeah. uh, creatures, they're, they're right? A good I was going to say people. that.
1: Yeah, throughout yeah. the entire series. Well, I mean, uh, maybe not like a link to the past games or anything like that. But in the more 3D games, they are definitely uh, a good-looking bunch.
0: Yeah. Roll tide. Uh, all right. Let's keep going here. Um, Rosalia asks, what happened with the sword Ganon stole? I have no idea. I, I have no idea. Well, you know what? I was looking at this question, and I'm like, the sword he stole? If, if you're talking I, about the
2: one that he gets from the Sage of Light, that's literally the sword that he uses in the final yeah, battle. Yeah,
0: that's the only oh, thing I yeah, can yeah, think
1: yeah. of.
2: So he keeps it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he wields it. That's that's true. Yeah. It's also in Breath of the Wild, which is super cool. I like getting it in Breath of the Wild. It's, uh, it's an amiibo. Thing. oh I was gonna
2: but, say like yeah that's cool
0: I didn't even realize that
1: yeah it is cool I I put it on my wall in my house
0: oh yeah very cool very cool um okay well we have uh I'll tell you what we'll let's do four more and then we'll we'll get out of here Uh, wolf link asks what's the biggest thing Andy would change to Twilight Princess what's the nicest thing Andy can say about Twilight Princess and is Midna the best Zelda companion <laughs> all right so I'm gonna go backwards here I don't think Minda is the best Zelda companion. Um, I don't particularly like Minda at all, actually. I think that she's, like, very grating, very annoying personality-wise. I think she's very selfish, very... Uh, her, her character change at the end I don't think was earned. But, you know, that's that's probably... That's for another day. We can talk about that uh, at another time. The nicest thing I can say about Twilight Princess, I said it earlier, I'll say it again, I think that the boss fights are great and that most of the dungeons are really good. I think Arbiter's Grounds is one of my favorite dungeons in the series... Um, what I would change about Twilight Princess, I think I would change the, what I was talking about earlier with the momentum. Um, I would subtract a dungeon or two. I like, I would get rid of city in the sky for sure. Um, I would, I mean, obviously I would, if I could just do anything I want, I would change the art style and make it different. Um, but you know what? I think that this game could be ugly, but be okay. But it's, it's not that I think I would limit the... The, I would completely eliminate the, the Twilight beetle sections where you're catching the bugs. Um, I would make it so that it didn't take you an hour to get out of Ordon and then another hour on top of that to get to your first dungeon. And yeah, I, I would, uh, I would put more, more stuff to do in Hyrule Field because I know that a lot of people love Twilight Princess Hyrule Field, but to me, it's basically the sky from Skyward Sword where mm-hmm. it's just like, there's nothing there and it's just yeah. big for the sake of being big. So those are just a couple things off the top of my head. There's probably more.
1: Yep, yep, yep. I, I uh, feel like I'm... the first two, the first two questions were for Andy, but the last one, I don't think Minna's the best Zelda, or yeah, the best Zelda companion. I, you know, over the years, I've kind of jumped back and forth, but I think I'm on uh, Navi right now. I think Navi's one of the best Zelda companions.
2: I, uh, yeah, she's not my favorite companion, but I actually do think. Character-wise, she is the best character out of all the companion characters. But she's there not She's not my favorite character to have on my
0: adventure with me. Fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, all right, Charles is back. He asks, did you find Zelda's return at the end of the game odd after it looked like she sacrificed herself to save Midna? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, because she just, like, kind of shows back up, and and Ganon's controlling her, right? Or do we see her before that?
2: No, I I think that's it. I think she disappears when she saves Minda, and then the next time we save her, she's puppet Zelda.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know what? Okay. I think it's kind of weird, but, like, if... I could also just be like, okay, well, maybe she sacrificed herself and went to some dark realm that Ganondorf, the Lord of Darkness, has access to, and he plucked her out. Like, I... I could be okay with that explanation. I don't need, like, a a really in-depth explanation, but it's one of those things, like, when you stop and think about it, like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, when you're thinking about the Dark Knight Rises, like, yeah, it's kind of weird that all this high-tech stuff is on the first level of the building, but whatever, you know?
1: Somebody might have to... Somebody might have to correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, she doesn't... I mean, like, she does sacrifice herself, but she doesn't die. It's like she's with Minna. you know? She's there with her. And so I kind of feel like at some point, and I don't remember because I haven't played in a long time, at some point they must have separated. So, and that's how we go to find her with Ganondorf. So that's, that's kind of my, my thoughts on it, how I always understood it.
2: Yeah. I do think it's kind of one of those things where it's like, huh, that's weird. But like, if you suspend your disbelief for just a little bit, I think it's fine. Like it's not the most egregious thing.
1: Right.
0: Mm hmm Yeah. Um, I, it's one of those things where I don't know if they would have explained it more, if it would have been better or just like worse. Yeah, exactly. So it's not really necessary
2: to explain it.
0: Yeah. It's just like, okay, well, we all knew that she was coming back at some point anyways, like whatever. Um, okay. Charles is back with another one here. Did you ever hop on the bandwagon that the hero shade was the hero of time before Hyrule Historia confirmed it? Uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I did. I, yeah. I remember people talk talking about it and I was like that makes total sense.
2: I did as well, actually. It was just it okay. was in like a um, like a some some video I was watching mentioned it and I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm I'm into that." Yeah.
0: I th- I think that I had heard it and I I don't want to say I hopped on the bandwagon, but I just I like I didn't care. Like and I didn't care so much that I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. If if it is great, if it's not, I don't care. Um that's that kind of lore just isn't my thing. Like he was he was the hero shade and that's all he needed to be for me. Uh and, and I was fine with that. So I I heard it, but I didn't feel strongly one way or the other. I wasn't just like, Oh, what a great reveal. Like that's so cool. I was like, Okie dokie, let's move on and learn the, the backwards <laughs> slash thingamaro. <laughs> Um, all right, last question here. Well, actually, last series of questions from Jimmy. Uh, he's He's got a three-parter for us here. So maybe, you know what, let's take him one at a time. What is one change you would have liked to see in the HD remake but didn't? Ooh. Uh, well, the first change I would have liked to see in the HD remake is the HD make the graphics look good, but they didn't. So let's see, <laughs> second change. <laughs> uh, second change I would have made... Uh, I would have added more. I I think I would have. I don't know. I was gonna say I would have gotten rid of some of the tears of light, but I think they did that. But I'd I still think it wasn't yeah. enough. Maybe added even more fast travel so that you could get around more. I I'm not sure what I'm gonna steal some of your guys's ideas. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I kind of have trouble answering this one too. A little bit. Um, I would say one thing I didn't. I thought was completely unnecessary was the stamps like those didn't need to be there
1: oh yeah but um oh, yeah
2: i i guess my answer would be the same as any hd remake it would be cool if they just added more content maybe like an optional dungeon that doesn't require you to be a wolf going through an enemy gauntlet the whole time maybe some additional side quests or something that's really all i can ask for
1: um, one of my biggest problems with Twilight Princess and Twilight Princess HD is how glaringly bright the twilight is, the like yellow fog crap. I hate it. Ugh. I can't stand it. And I thought they were gonna make it better in the HD version, and they did a little bit, but it's like when I'm driving at that time of night in real life, and I can't see anything for crap. I hate it. I yeah. hate it so much. I wish they. I, I think the it.
0: HD made it worse.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know, but it's awful.
0: <laughs> I, I think it did, because it's, it, like, it's brighter.
1: You would think, like, when you hear the word Twilight, you don't think of this big, bright, like, yellow stuff. You think of darkness. And, I mean, I understand what the, like, in the daytime, in real life, what the definition of Twilight is. But, like, I just, when I think of that game in this bright yellow fog stuff, I just, I can't stand it. It messes with my eyes.
0: Hmm. Yeah, this is a tough question to ask because, like, I feel like they did make a handful of changes. But also, like, I I feel like Twilight Princess HD was probably the laziest of the ports because, like, there were significant changes in Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker. Uh, There there will be in Skyward Sword, I'm sure. But Twilight Princess was more so kind of just, you know, it, it was a, a one-to-one almost. They added a few yeah. things here and there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to think on this and maybe... Give our answer in the future.
2: One of the best changes that it did make for me were the were basically just because it was on the Wii U. Like having being able to have your mini map on the Wii U or changing the wolf transformation into literally one button on the gamepad. That was really good.
0: hmm Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, no, all right. Good. So the second part, easy for me to say the second portion of Jimmy's question here is what are your favorite and least favorite elements? Of Twilight Princess's story uh okay I'll go my my favorite I think is that I I like Zant and I like the that he like usurped the throne Uh, I think that that's cool I think that the idea of Midna as this princess who's kind of like this deformed creature now is cool um but that said going into my least favorite I don't think that the execution was very good I think that uh they kind of cut Xant's knees out from under him a little bit. They kind of, to me, they made a very unlikable companion. Um, Zelda was kind of very stoic and not interesting. I thought, uh, and and I don't know, just like the, I never felt gripped by the world or the characters within. I I think is maybe the, the biggest complaint that I would have.
1: Um, I think my favorite thing about the Twilight Princess story is it kind of feels like a book like a fantasy book that I'm reading I kind of like the way that the story flows maybe not so much the gameplay but the story flow is very nice I I think that while I don't really I also don't think Minna's all uh, as big as everybody makes her out to be I think her story makes a lot of sense I think it evolves the way it's supposed to so I do like that um I think my least favorite is yeah I would have to agree about Zant I feel like I feel like they just they hyped up this this big bad for us and then they just kind of like whisked him away and replaced him with Ganondorf and I was always I've always been kind of disappointed by that even if I really like fighting Ganondorf.
0: Mm.
2: I would say my favorite is probably uh, Midna's arc because I do think it's really cool that in the in the beginning. She's the one that's kind of pushing you along on this journey, aside from having to rescue the kids, but she's basically fully manipulating and using you like, Oh, you wanna you wanna save those kids, right? All right, you gotta help me out. And she's being completely selfish and then by the end she's, you know, had a full change of heart and is totally with the cause and now she's willingly helping you to, you know, go save Hyrule. And I think that's really cool. That's a really cool narrative perspective. And I would say my least favorite, it's not Zant and not what they did with Zant, but more the the lack of buildup to Ganondorf's introduction. Like, yeah, I don't mind that they did that. I don't mind that they kind of, like, you know, pulled the rug out and were like, oh, actually, it's Ganondorf. But if there was more sufficient buildup, like, you can tell, like, oh, something, something else is going on here aside from Zant the whole game, I think that probably would have been more satisfying. But the only yeah. thing we really get is that Midna mentions like, oh, he's using magic that's not our tribe's magic. And that's pretty much the only hint you get until the reveal.
0: I can't believe that I forgot about this. I can't believe that I have went an hour and 20 minutes without bringing up this absolute bottom tier character but i'm going to amend my answer about the worst the worst element of twilight princess's story is far and away the character the creation the execution of ilya she <laughs> is the absolute worst zelda character she is the the bottommost tier of any potential love interest for link She was so horrible. Her character looked so brutal. First of all, the model was so awful. She was this, like, awful, contrived character that doesn't really do much, and, like, it's like, okay, well, people obviously like Midna and Zelda more than you, but, like, we keep on going back to Ilya. You have to do that garbage quest to get her memory back. It's just, she's she's absolutely, absolutely horrible. She's scolding you for riding Epona. Like, God, she is just horrible she's horrible also that scene with the the three dark links where Ilya has the knife is like the most cheesy ridiculous oh. scene i think in zelda it's so i love that cringy scene. that it just oh god so it's good. just it's I can't it's believe. dreadful it's oh
1: i cannot god believe we almost went a whole twilight princess episode of the champions guys without talking about Ilya.
0: <laughs> oh i think she's she's like one of those things that you just like you try and block out of your brain so that you can forget <laughs> that, that ever She's happened. She's traumatic. Her just like she in the did to Link. I, I feel like I'm experiencing PTSD just talking about her right now. <laughs> oh Gosh, God, is, she is horrible. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> horrible. Okay, Jimmy's last question. How, this is the last one, by the way. Uh, how has your perception of Twilight Princess changed over the years? What do you think, guys?
1: I think I'm more critical of it. I, I, When it first came out, my brother and I played it together. My brother, Shad. It's just a name drop there. <laughs> I have a brother named Shad. And uh, we played it together. He was super excited that there was a character with the same name as him. And we really liked it. But then I played it when it came out and uh, when I... Uh, when I got back into Zelda around 2014, I played it again. And I was like, I don't like this as much as I remember. So I feel like I've been a little more critical about it in the last seven-ish years, and and I still like it, but it's definitely not as as mu- as good as I thought it was when I first played it.
2: You know, I I my perception of it really hasn't changed that much. I'm trying to think because I've Twilight Princess was one of my earlier Zelda games. It wasn't the first, but it was definitely in that early bunch. And I I loved it then, and I still love it now. It's it's in my top five. Um, And I do think I, you know, as I've started looking at the Legend of Zelda games more critically, there are definitely more things that I can point out in this game that probably I wouldn't have noticed when I was younger. But at the same time a lot of those criticisms really don't change the fact that I, I still really like this game. None of the issues that I find tend to be super... None of them are really a big deal to me to affect how much I right. enjoy the game. But at the same time, I'm not really discovering a ton of new stuff that I love about it. So it's kind of staying right where it is in my rankings.
0: Okay. Uh, You know what? I, I think... I'm sort of on the Allison side here where I I feel like twilight princess is one to me that every time I, I replay it, um, I like it a little bit less and maybe that's not fair because I usually replay it in preparation for like a marathon playthrough of it. So I'm, I'm trying to do it, you know, relatively quickly. And I think that twilight princess is definitely a game that needs more room to breathe if you're going to play it. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the more the more that I find out about myself, about, like, what I really like about Zelda, I really like colors and, like, exploration and, and clever puzzles and, like, interesting characters. And uh, I, I don't know. Like, the more that I find out about things that I like, the more I'm just like, I don't know if Twilight Princess really meets a lot of these, uh, a lot of this criteria. So, uh, yeah, it's... It's not, uh, you know, I kind of, some of it's exaggerated, some of it's not on this show, but like how much I don't like Twilight Princess, I, I don't think it's one of my favorite Zelda games, it's in the bottom half of my list, um, it's still a great Zelda game, you know, I mean all Zelda games are great Zelda games, it's still a great game, but it's, uh, kind of going all the way back, it just, it lives in the shadow of Ocarina of Time to me, it doesn't offer a whole lot new that improves upon it, so, when I'm playing it, I'm like, man, I'd rather just play Ocarina of Time. And that's that's kind of my my viewpoint on Twilight Princess.
2: Fair enough. Yeah, so cool. yeah. Uh
0: okay, that was the last question. Holy smokes, we went for a long time here, but I'm I'm glad that we did. We had some really great talk about this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. And this is a this is a good time to have a talk like this. We're we're nearing a Twilight Princess anniversary, I think, right?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes, ma'am. 15 years this year there you go so there you go all right well uh, let's let's just get out of here we've been going for so long uh thank you guys so much for all of your questions if we didn't answer any of yours i'm sorry but we're gonna do uh, more of these game pacif- specific q and a's in the future we've done ocarina of time and uh, we've done twilight princess so uh you know what let us know what game you want to see us do next and maybe we'll do it um Check us out over on uh, on Podbean, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, us individually over on Twitter. I am at Spiteri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. And Corey, thank you for coming on the show and, and giving us all your time today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm always down to be on the Champions Cast. It's always a good time.
0: All right. Tell, tell the people where they can find you and your podcast.
2: Uh, I'm on Twitter at Corey Richmond. And then you can follow my podcast at PlayerPowerPod. It's called The Player Power Podcast. It's a podcast about video games and all video game stuff. Uh, you can find that on iTunes, Spotify, Buzzsprout, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: There you go, everybody. Uh, that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, we're going to be back here next week with some very special CDI retrospective. So you definitely want to make sure you tune in for that. Until then, everyone, take care.
1: Bye. Bye-bye.